How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome in. It is Overtime, 106.7 The Fan. Toby Altizer with you up till 7.30, taking you up until Monday Night Football tonight here on The Fan. You can hear the Eagles and the Seahawks. Jalen Hurts is going to play tonight, so we'll see what happens there. But could be a clean sweep of the NFC East if the Eagles lose tonight, which I don't think is going to happen. But if they lose tonight, it could be a clean sweep for the NFC East where they all lost this week. And obviously the one that we care the most about is the Washington Commanders. And look, man, when you look at this season, it it just can't end soon enough. You know, I'm listening to... Grant and Danny, and they're doing a great job breaking everything down. And the fact that we're debating, man, I really don't want them to win against the Jets. (laughs) You know, when it gets to that point in the season when you're like, man, if they win this week, it's really going to hurt draft position. When it gets to that point in the season, you're like, can we just fast forward? And I don't want football done any sooner, so can I at least just fast forward the commander season? Everything else, I want to stay on the same timeline because I love football. But can this season just be done for the Commanders? And then you see all the stuff about people in this market watching the Cowboys and Bills game more than they were here, or the the Commanders game. I don't know. It's just, can this season end soon enough? And then all the drama that comes out of yesterday's game, you know, honestly, I don't know how you feel about Rivera moving Howell out of the game, taking him out, and moving on to... Jacoby Brissett, and then Brissett comes in and immediately starts playing well. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but for me, it just seems like it opens an unnecessary can of worms that I don't know that we had to deal with, and now we're talking about it, right? I mean, Danny brought up a good point a little bit earlier, saying, you know, it's not necessarily the move that is the issue. It's the fact that there were times throughout the year that you could have made this exact move and you didn't make it. And now, in a meaningless game, well, technically, I guess you were still there, but we all knew they're not making the playoffs, right? In a meaningless game, he decides that now he's going to make the move, not in a game where he's getting obliterated against Buffalo, not in 
games earlier in the year when he was playing really bad, not saying he didn't play bad yesterday, and not saying that if you were to just put everything in a vacuum that it's the wrong move, right? But it just opens a can of worms because, you know, we've heard this discussion from Ron before talking about quarterbacks. Is it fair to the other guys on the team to have a guy out there? And I'm a Sam guy. I really do believe in Howell, and I still think that he can be a good starter in this league. But now you see what happens when Jacoby walks onto the field, and it almost feels like they're not going to turn on Sam because I think Sam is a good leader. I talked about that yesterday morning. Like I, I think Sam is a good leader, and I think the guys really back him. They're not going to turn on him, but it's like you saw Terry have his best game, his career-high number, and most of it came when Jacoby Brissett entered the ball game. You saw other guys start to get involved, right? You saw thing in offense start to function a little bit more, probably how it's supposed to. And maybe this is just something where Sam maybe has just had a little bit of a downstretch the last couple of weeks, and coming off the bye week, it's a little bit disappointing, but he's just kind of struggled really over the last month because he's shown flashes, but it's just odd, right, that this is the timing. And this is, again, why I say, can this season just be done? Right. I mean, the defense isn't going to show you anything that they aren't. You don't already know. I was talking about this yesterday morning, talking about Sam Howell. I was like, oh, I'm not sure if there's anything that could happen in the final four weeks that are going to really change my opinion. Well, <laughs> when you have what happened yesterday, because I didn't really foresee that happening. When you have what happened yesterday, how can it not change how you f- see things, right? He might still be the starter for next season because of, you know, if they win games and they're not going to get a chance at Caleb Williams or Drake May or even Jaden Daniels. You know, maybe they don't want to take a Michael Penix or a Bo Nix or something like that and inside the top 10 or right around that 10th pick, assuming, you know, they win a game or two down the stretch here. But it's just a bad spot when we're spending a lot of time talking about this Jets game and looking ahead to it and thinking, man, I really hope they don't win this and screw the team, (laughs) right? That's not a good spot to be, and that's why the season just feels like it's come crumbling down, and it's just so odd because this year has been a gut punch for a lot of fans, and you know, I'm scrolling social media and seeing people that feel the same sort of sentiment that I've expressed at times here on the fan, right? I mean, I felt like a couple weeks ago when it was the Dolphins game, I'm sitting there like, do I even like this sport anymore? <laughs> like, I love football, but I'm sitting there like, man, is this just a waste of time? And it sure felt like it against the Dolphins. And then yesterday, it was just an apathetic feeling, right? Like, oh yeah, Commanders play today. I'll watch it. And um, I don't know how I'm going to feel about it, right? I mean, it was just kind of like, all right, they're on. I'll turn it on. I'll watch it. And I think you can see by the numbers that that's how a lot of people felt too. They were watching the Bills and the Cowboys game, which is obviously the more intriguing matchup in terms of just regular football, but people didn't care about what was going on with this team. And it's a shame that it got to this because this is a team that started 2-0 and and there was some promise. And it's crazy how it all came crumbling down through the middle of the year to now coming down the stretch here. It just feels like there's not a whole lot to watch for, right? I mean, if there's not, assuming Sam Howell is going to remain the starter, which I think we all understand that, that's probably going to be the case. Ron said as much. If that's going to be the case, then you can still watch for Sam. 
but I think we all understand what Terry is. I think if you want to take one positive out of the game yesterday, I think the big positive is that Terry McLaurin showed you that, yeah, he's still a good receiver. <laughs> I saw people turning on him and saying various things, and that was crazy to see because I never thought we'd see people turn on Terry, of all people. You know, I thought some of the guys you can see. But Terry, you felt like they would never turn on Terry, and you've seen people turn on Terry. But I think it was good to see yesterday that, okay, it's just clearly not working with Sam and Terry for whatever reason this year. Not to say that it can't if Sam's the starting quarterback next year, but for whatever reason with EB, with Sam, with Terry, it just isn't working. And immediately, Jacoby Brissett comes in and shows you, yeah, you know what? That Terry guy is still good. That really is like the only positive. You, you can't even look defensively. I guess Deron Payne played well, but there's not tons that you can take away from games. And so this season, it's just crazy how it started 2-0 and and has come crashing down through the middle and end of the year to a point where so many people that were energized back in training camp when the team was officially sold are now right on the brink again of where they were back then. Different reasons, but they're right back where they were where they're like, man, this team is just a chore, right? And it really stinks. It really stinks. I feel bad for the fans because... You continue to go out to FedEx Field. You continue continue to support this team, and they're not giving you much to be hopeful for. But there is a lot of hope, I think, in this future of this in this ball club, this this off season next year. I think there's a lot to be hopeful for. But these last couple weeks are just going to drag. I'm mean, really this last month is dragged, but these last couple weeks are especially going to drag. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll continue talking about the Commanders. It's just a rough stretch here, but. I might have been wrong about how, right? I, I feel like they could still draft a quarterback. They could still move on from him. And I talked about that yesterday, but I would have stuck with Howell, and that's kind of how I felt. Maybe things are starting to change. We'll talk about that next here on The Fan. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Welcome back, 106.7 The Fan, Toby Altizer with you up until 7.30. We'll turn it over to Monday Night Football then. It was going to possibly be another matchup of backup quarterbacks like we saw on Saturday, but turns out it's going to be both starters. Jalen Hurts is going to give it a go as well as Geno Smith, which is a little more surprising, but going to have both starters tonight, so it should be a good game to watch. Hopefully Seattle can get things done tonight. Uh, and then it'll be a clean sweep of the NFC East, like I said a little bit earlier. But we're talking about Sam Howell right now, and it, it's so interesting because you've seen the ups and downs of the season, and we've seen other starters have this, right? We've seen other guys getting their first real opportunity as starters in this league do this. So it's not as if this is unheard of, and it's not as if him having a a tough stretch is just completely ruling out the possibility of him being a franchise quarterback or even a good quarterback. But if you look at this last five game stretch where they've lost all five, right? You got the Seattle game. They lose 29 to 26. Thought he actually played well in that game. 29 to 44, 312 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. That's great. That's awesome. But after that, it's just been not great at all. I mean, the Giants game was just a disaster all around for the entire team. Three picks in that game, 31 of 45, 256 yards, a touchdown. But like I said, the three interceptions, the issue, four sacks in that game. Then Thanksgiving against Dallas, I mean, the stats look fine, but we all knew that that game wasn't, that game was over, right, really quickly. 28 of 44, no touchdowns, 300 yards, one pick, the pick six at the end of Bland, like, and I don't even know how much you want to make of that, right? I mean, it's it's the end of the game. Same sort of thing you want to talk about for good stats. You can talk about that's garbage time for a bad stat there. So whatever. But then Miami, 12 of 23, 127 yards, no touchdowns and a pick. And then yesterday, 11 of 26, 102 yards, a touchdown and a pick. To me, it almost seems like maybe it, the whole team to an extent but to me, it almost feels like he's running out of gas. And maybe this is something where the hits are starting to add up. The fact that early on in the season, he was just getting pounded and pounded. Yesterday, he only got sacked one time. But he was just getting pounded and pounded. And maybe it just started to catch up to him. I mean, we have to realize, too, I thought it was a really good point, him talking about the season on RG3's podcast, which I talked about yesterday before the game. He talked about how long the season is and really the first time he's gone through it like this, right? When you think about a college season, there's more breaks, right? A couple of bye weeks. They're not playing a 17-game season. And even though they might play into January, it's an extended break between their final game, which, you know, in his case, maybe an ACC championship and a bowl game, right? So at most, he's going to play 15, 16 games, but it's going to be over a longer stretch and there's periods of time in between. It's not the case with the NFL. You get one bye week, and for the Commanders, you know, it was it was a long ways into the season, 13 games, and then you finally get a bye week. But maybe it's just starting to catch up to him a little bit. 
You know, he talked about how last season, you know, didn't feel as long because he's not playing. This year he's playing. And not only is he playing, he is getting hit time after time after time. And it just seems like during this stretch, things are starting to wear down because, you know, you think back to those Eagles games. And look, I know the Eagles defense isn't great. But at the same point, he's playing well against the Eagles, right? He's had some good stretches throughout the year where you're like, okay, I'm starting to see it a little bit. And, you know, for a little bit, it was like, can he stack back-to-back performances? And we saw that at least one time where he had back-to-back good games. And so I don't know that it's time to give up on Sam Howell. And this is why I just personally would not have done this if I were Ron Rivera. I wouldn't have done this because now you're opening that door. And I really don't know what the good is to come of it. He only had one sack yesterday, and maybe they're realizing that he's getting worn down, and maybe that's kind of why they did it. I don't know. But his his logic of, yeah, he's just getting pounded back there, and I don't really want to see that. And But now you're opening a can of worms, like I said last segment, where his talk at quarterback, you know, you think back to Haskins, you talk about Heineke, all these guys. One of his things and one of his reasonings for pulling guys and moving to the other guy is, is it fair to the other people on the roster? He was even talking about that a little bit today in his press conference and basically was noncommittal on Sam for next year, which Ron's not going to be here next year. But even so, his big thing is we found our quarterback. We found our quarterback. We found our quarterback. And then all of a sudden today, he's like, well, you know, you got to look at, is it fair to the other guys? And are you giving them the full opportunity And I think when you look at it, obviously you see that happen with McLaurin. Maybe he's even looking at a guy like a enemy in an extent like that, right? I mean, maybe he just wants to give enemy a chance with a more experienced quarterback to kind of show what he's worth because the reality is if if the second, really, if Jacoby Brissett doesn't come in yesterday, right, and let's just assume that Sam kind of plays at the same level. Let's just assume he finishes 14 of 30, 150 yards, Maybe he scores another touchdown. Maybe he throws another pick. But we say, you know, a touchdown and a pick, maybe two touchdowns and a pick. Either way, not a great performance. You know, we're talking today about how poorly Sam played, right? And we're breaking that all down. But we're probably talking about Biennemi's offense and, like, what the heck is wrong with it? But Jacoby Brissett comes in and immediately runs a couple of efficient drives. Obviously, you get down to the goal line and that whole fiasco of them taking forever to punch it into the end zone. But you give Biennemi more of a chance as well. It's just an odd spot to be, and this is why I wouldn't have done it. I understand that maybe he wants to help Biennemi out. I highly doubt it. He's the one that kind of started all this stuff with Biennemi and throwing him under the bus to an extent. It Just to me, I don't think that putting Jacoby Brissett in made a whole lot of sense yesterday, even though you saw some of the results. And... I just don't like the fact that we're having to break all this down now. I, I think, the, to Ron's credit, I like the fact that in his post-game presser, you know, he gets asked about it right away, rightfully so, and he immediately kind of squelches that and says, he's a starter, so don't ask, right? And why? Uh, because I said he's a starter. I'm fine with that, right? I like that he at least came out right away, and so we're not really having a controversy today. Like, we could have if he would have left it open-ended or not been really adamant that he's still the guy. But even so, I just don't know what you gained of it, and I don't know what you would gain even if you were to decide to go back. Because now it goes back to, you know, what happens if Sam Howell struggles against that Jets defense in the first half? Are you going to say, you know what, let's go ahead and throw Jacoby in there? I don't know. I I think the whole point of the rest of this season was going to be 
what Sam Howell was going to be and kind of seeing what he can be for the next regime. And I, I don't know. And this is a tough spot where you're at in the Sam Howell because it seems like he's either burnt out. It seems like he maybe doesn't fit with the enemy system. I don't know. But these last couple of games have not been good. And, you know, I brought up the possibility of them trading up for a quarterback yesterday. I know people weren't generally a fan of that, but assuming they were to stay where they're at, maybe they could draft a guy like a Jaden Daniels. It's just, it's real tough to say Sam's got to be the guy or Sam should be the guy when the backup comes in and looks way more efficient and the offense works way better. And you just look at his stats and he's 11 to 26 for 102 yards, a touchdown and a pick. And it's just, it's real tough to say that Sam should be the dude next year, but he very well may be. He might. It's going to be interesting to see what the new GM and front office comes in and decides to do. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll continue talking about the commanders. Are there any other positives to take out of yesterday? Are there any players that stood out? We'll talk about that next here on The Fan. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, 106.7 The Fan. It's overtime. Toby Altizer with you for two more segments here leading up till Monday night. Football you got the Eagles, you got the Seahawks. So Gino is active, but it doesn't necessarily mean he's going to start. I don't know why you would have him active if he's not going to start, but either way. Could have a good game tonight. Hopefully it is a good game. Maybe to erase some of the memory of yesterday. <laughs> I mean, good game last night, though. It was enjoyable to watch that. But thinking about this Commanders game, it's, like I said earlier, the season can't end soon enough. If we're trying to pick some positives out of the game yesterday... I don't know how many there are. I thought the defense played okay at times. I thought that they looked a lot better than I expected, but then they have the once or twice a game coverage bust where you don't even see a defender on the screen and their number one wide receiver, maybe you know one of the top receivers in all of football, running wide open down the field. So how can you even say that there's positives defensively? Uh, honestly, to me, the number one positive, and I think it was refreshing for a lot of people to see, Terry McLaurin is still that dude. Career high, 141 yards. He looked really good. His first 100-yard game of the year. You look up now, and even though he struggled all throughout the season, he just needs 165 yards over the last three games to get to 1,000 yards again. And I think this was nice to see because so many people we're starting to say, oh, well, maybe we've just overrated Terry. Maybe we've just... No, Terry McLaurin is a good wide receiver, and it hasn't worked this year for whatever reason. It seems like whether it's Sam or it's Eric Bieniemy, it's a combination of both, whatever the case may be, it hasn't worked. But this is a guy that over the last three years has gone for 1,000 yards, just missed 1,000 in his rookie season at 919. This is a guy that we were talking about being a top 15, a top 10 receiver before the season, and I don't think people were arguing that, right? Even nationally, people were generally on board that Terry is a dude, right? And for whatever reason, it hasn't clicked with Sam. But when Jacoby came out there, you immediately saw the Terry McLaurin that you're so accustomed to seeing. 
making catches down the field, getting up and over a defender and making a contested catch. I mean, how many times did we see Taylor Heineke throw terrible balls to him down the field and he's able to go up and get it, right? So seeing Terry McLaurin come back to the guy that we all knew that he once was, so many people thought that he lost it for whatever reason, but he hasn't. And so I think that's a big positive, knowing that going into next year, whether you draft a quarterback, whether you roll with Sam again and a new coach, you still got your number one guy in Terry McLaurin. But outside of that, Chris, am I missing something? Like defensively, I thought you saw some nice things, but like I said, the busted coverage, I don't know that you can look at anything else offensively and be all that thrilled. I didn't think the offensive line played great. I you know, they, it's not like they were playing great when Jacoby came in either. Uh, they didn't run the ball particularly great. They, like, there wasn't much to take a positive out of, and it was a decent game, right? 28-20, to 20, it's it's relatively close compared to maybe what you thought it might have been. But still, there's not tons of positives to take, and this is why, again, I come back to this season just needs to end for this team. Well, how many times did they try to run on that one-yard line and not get it in? I mean, I told you enough about the O-line right there. <laughs> 100%. Exactly. And, you know, I I like Eric Bieniemy. I do. And it'd be interesting to see if you got him a veteran quarterback that maybe kind of understands what he's trying to do a little bit more, what it would look like. Because the offense, without a doubt, looked different from when Sam was in there to Jacoby. And I don't know that they're calling different plays. I don't think they're going to a new set of plays, right? I think they're calling the same stuff. But you get to fourth and one. And I I, I thought this was interesting, what Ron said in his press conference today, because I thought it was correct. You know, someone, you want to get mad about Sam getting that ball batted down on fourth and one. And you get frustrated out of the gun, right? And all this stuff. I actually thought that was a decent play call. But this comes back to people not being in the right spots or maybe not fully understanding the system. Jonathan Williams, I believe, was the running back in at the time. He's rolling out. Jonathan Williams has to get his hands on that defender, either put him on the ground as he's blocking or cut him or something so he can't jump up. I mean, that's an easy completion if the running back gets over there and does his job. So I don't necessarily think that was on Sam, but again, you can question the play calling because you're putting the ball in the air on fourth and one, when you could just get under center and hand the ball off and hopefully get a yard. But like you said, <laughs> you get down to the goal line and they couldn't get that yard either. So it's just an odd spot. And this is why, you know, I'm kind of checked out on this season is we can look for positives. But again, I don't know how many guys, when you watch this, you're like, oh, okay, this guy's going to be a part of the team next year. You know, it's not like they're going to, you know, cut everyone. I'm not saying that. But. How many of these guys are going to play an impactful role on this team next year? I think Terry once again showed you that he can be the guy. So, okay, Terry McLaurin. But who else? Like, Jahan still only had one catch yesterday. And I have a hard time believing that we all overrated Jahan, but we might have, right? It's crazy to think what he's done this year compared to what he did his rookie year. You know, if you want to see the potential that this guy has, go back and watch that touchdown against the Giants where he gets the ball coming across the middle and spins and ends up in the end zone, right? Where's that been this year? We haven't seen that at all out of Jahan Dotson. And so I don't know what to make of him. But then again, this is the same guy we were talking about, Terry McLaurin. We're talking about if he's washed. So I don't know if it's something where 
it just hasn't worked in the enemy system. And obviously, Jacoby went to Terry, but maybe he could have gone to Jahan. Like, I, it's just an odd spot, and this is kind of why I'm not on board with Eric Bieniemy becoming the head coach. Maybe it'd be different with another quarterback, but the reality is where they're at right now, Sam still has a very good chance of being the quarterback next year because, you know, if they win one of these games and they're not picking early enough, you know, we we're talking about this yesterday, Chris. If they're trading up from four to one, I think that's more palatable than if they were trying to trade up from eight or nine to one, because if you're moving from four to one, that's gonna save you some picks as opposed to nine to one, right? So if they were to try to move up to get Caleb Williams or Drake May because they feel like Sam Howell isn't the guy, well, if they win a game or two down the stretch here, then they're going to be well out of that range. So it might still be Sam Howell next year, and I think he's got the tools to do it. But I don't know if it works with Eric Bieniemy. I just don't know if it works with his system. I don't know why it is. I'm not an X's and O's guy. I'm not the best at breaking all of that down. But I just don't know that that system works. I'd like to see the run game more involved. I'd like to see them be a little more creative. And, I mean, if you want another knock on the enemy, Kansas City for years has done crazy stuff down at the goal line. And for the most part, we've seen a more successful offense in the red zone this year than we have in years past. But why did it take so long to punch it in? No creativity, right? In the pass, uh, off, uh, what do you call it? Interference call. That, that's the only reason they even got a second set of downs for that. So. Yeah, I mean, running the ball up the middle, that's fine. Again, I don't necessarily hate it, but no creativity. I mean, even yesterday, the Kansas City Chiefs score a touchdown from Jarek McKinnon throwing a pass, a little shovel pass to Rasheed Rice. Whereas something like that, and even I'm not a huge fan of some of that gimmick stuff because you have Patrick Mahomes on the Kansas City Chiefs, you don't have Pat Mahomes here, so if you want to run something gimmicky, go for it, right? I mean, sometimes you got to scheme stuff up, and it seemed like they didn't have any of that stuff in. And, you know, I struggle saying that Sam can't run it because Sam, usually in those sorts of situations, doesn't even have to touch the ball. He's almost a decoy. I, I just, I like Eric Bieniemy as a coach. I like the way that he goes about things, but I'm not necessarily a fan of his offensive philosophy and his play calling. So for that reason, I'm out, right? If we're doing Shark Tank, for that reason, I'm out. I like him. I wouldn't mind him sticking around if he were like a, a coach that isn't calling plays and can be, you know, motivating the guys and organizing things and bringing that intensity. But if he's going to be running the offense, I'm just not a fan of that. Let's take a break. When we come back, I do want to take a look around the NFL, things that happened yesterday, and we'll get you ready for Monday Night Football next year on The Fan. Final segment, Overtime 106.7, the fan taking you up until Monday night. Football, got the Eagles taking on the Seahawks tonight. The big game yesterday was played at the same time as the Commanders game. So I don't know how many of you watched it, even though the numbers say that more people in our market watched this game than the Commanders game. But the Bills and the Cowboys. And it was a crazy one, honestly, because... If there is one team that you would say relies on their quarterback almost more than any, it'd be the Buffalo Bills, right? They don't usually have much of a running game. They don't seem to lean on it even when they do have things going well. It's pretty much all on Josh Allen. And if you didn't get a chance to watch the game yesterday, you wouldn't <laughs> like you look at the stat line, you wouldn't even recognize the Buffalo Bills. Like if you just took the logo away and said, "Okay, this is the stat line," you'd be like, "That ain't the Bills." Josh Allen yesterday, 7 of 15, 
Only 15 pass attempts. Didn't even complete half his passes. Didn't even throw for 100 yards. 94 yards passing. A touchdown, no picks. Josh Allen? That's his stat line? If I would have told you that, Chris, what would you have thought the score was going to be, right? You would have thought the Cowboy, Cowboys by three or four touchdowns at that point. Yet, they ended up winning this one pretty handily. It's crazy. Cowboys find another way to lose. <laughs> and it's beautiful. But here's what stood out to me. And here's how I feel about the Bills now. Because they've been so funny to watch this year. Where they're they're up, they're down. They're up, they're down. They're up, they're down. And right now they're up again. And we'll see if they can continue things going through the rest of the way. But if they get into the playoffs, man, they might be the team to beat in the entire league. Like San Francisco is going to be the team in the NFC probably to beat, right? Uh, them and Philly, assuming Philly gets things kind of figured out a little bit more. But San Francisco seems on another level. So we can see, say them in the NFC. In the AFC, Baltimore looked solid last night. But if Buffalo's going like this and Josh Allen doesn't have to pull out his cape to win football games all the time, then look out. Joe Brady taking over as offensive coordinator for Ken Dorsey looks like it has done wonders for the Buffalo offense. Listen to this. James Cook, 25 carries, 179 yards and a touchdown. That's 7.2 yards per carry for him. Ty Johnson. 9 for 54, 6 yards per carry. They averaged 5.4 yards per carry against a pretty stout Dallas defense. Now, you think more of them for, you know, pass rushers and Micah Parsons and those guys, but they've usually been decent against the run, not yesterday. And this Bills team and the difference to me and why they might actually have a shot this time around, to me, is the run game. I've been pleading for them to have more of a run game for so long because it seemed like everything has ridden on Josh Allen's shoulders. And that is fine. A lot of the time he can handle it. But if he gets into that phase where he struggles a little bit and starts turning the ball over, it feels like you need to have that run game to help him out and supplement him, especially when you get into playoff football. And they've never really had it with Josh Allen. They really haven't. And when it is a run game for them, it's usually been Josh Allen. And so for them to now have James Cook doing the things that he's doing over the last couple of weeks, they are looking really dangerous, really dangerous. And who knows what this means? Does this mean that the Cowboys maybe are just more of a fraud than we think? I don't know. I don't know what to make of it in terms of Dallas. They still play bad on the road. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, and I think that's why it's so important for Dallas to try to get this home field advantage and win the division. You know, they're going to obviously be rooting hard for the Seahawks tonight. But when you look at the rest of the schedule and you look at what they've had down the stretch here for the Bills, they lost to the Eagles, so that's a tough one a couple weeks ago. But they beat the Chiefs. They went all over the Cowboys. They've got the Chargers, so, you know, without Justin Herbert, that should be fine. they got the Patriots, that should be fine. And then they got the Dolphins, but... You know, they could very well go into the playoffs on a five-game winning streak in which they've beaten the Chiefs. They were, were just obliterated the Cowboys through on the ground, right, and just took their manhood. And They looked like the dominant football team, and they might suddenly become the team to beat in the AFC. And, and I think this is going to be a crazy playoffs to watch in the AFC because there's so many good teams. And maybe there's no dominant record, right? There's not going to be like a 14-3 and three or something like that. But 
there are a lot of good football teams, and there's a lot of question marks around some of the teams that you would usually expect. Like, you know, you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, they're not the juggernaut we're used to seeing, right? I mean, Jacksonville, they had a nice stretch, but now they're struggling. Baltimore, I think that they're maybe the best team right now, if you want to look at it that way. But at the same point, I think they have some struggles as well. Miami, they struggle at times to play good teams, right? They don't beat the good teams when they have them on their schedule. So it might end up just being Buffalo, and it kind of seems like we wrote them off, but it seems like they might just be getting things going at the right time. And if they're peaking at the right time, no one wants to run into a Buffalo Bills team that's getting hot with Josh Allen starting to feel it. If they've got a run game and that defense, it's going to be a fun one to watch in the AFC. And then the NFC is just, who knows, honestly. Like the Eagles are going to be interesting to see if they can get things figured out. Obviously, the Niners are the Niners, but are the Lions for real? Are the Cowboys for real? I think there's a lot of intriguing storylines as we go down the stretch here, the final couple games of the season. It's going to be interesting to see how things start to pan out. And you know what? This is why we love the NFL, right? This is why we love football so much. Even if you're a Commanders fan, you still love football. That's going to do it for me. Monday Night Football with the Eagles and the Seahawks comes up next here on The Fan. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.